the Merle Haggard blues today I write songs when I feel this way Hey everybody, Happy New Year to all of you amazing people out there. Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and that music, well that's Bobby Mackey singing us into the new year. Again, I hope you guys had the most phenomenal holiday ever. I was in Colorado with family and friends and furry family as well, and I just had an absolute blast, always do when I go back to my home state. You know, there's just something about being surrounded by people you care about and making memories and laughing your butts off until tears viciously roll down your face and eating all the homemade goodies and so on. And I also know some people who also prefer to be alone, and that's okay too, to each their own. However, you spent your holiday, your last days in 2019, I hope you had a great one. Last week was part one of Everything Doppelgangers. I touched on a few cases, and if you didn't listen to it, I'd recommend listening to part one before listening to this one, as it is part two, my friends, hopping right back into that spectral twin realm. Doppelganger, the old ghostly counterpart. According to age-old German folklore, all living creatures have a spirit double who is invisible but identical to the living individual. Let's hop, skip, damn, jump, and dive right into it, shall we? This first case takes us back 417 years ago. Picture it. England. 1603. The daughter of King Henry VIII and the beheaded Anne Boleyn. Queen Elizabeth I, the monarch of England, she saw her very own self. Her doppelganger was lying in her bed, the royal bed, lying there ever so motionless. And that was off-putting. Absolutely. What was even more disturbing was that this double twin, this intruder, was pallid and shivered, very ill, very unhealthy looking. Well, I mean, hello, this is quite the opposite of what the queen actually was. She was absorbed with power. She was a level-headed woman, strong-willed, very healthy. She was in her prime. Queen Elizabeth was very familiar with the fact that this is not good. A bad omen, if you will. See someone else's doppelganger? Fine, sure. No problem, no issue, you're fine. But see your own? It's like a death warrant. Sadly... Shortly after this encounter, she passes away. In 1602, Queen Elizabeth I plunged headfirst into a deep, severe depression after several people who were close to her died in a very short period of time. Among those to die was Catherine Carey, Countess of Nottingham, which, by the way, popped up on my top cities not too long ago. Way awesome. Love seeing the cities that pop up. Shout out to all my Nottingham folks. (laughs) Anyway, the Countess of Nottingham, her death was like a punch in the face. She was so depressed. She became ill and was found often sitting motionless for hours on end. So 
Let's rewind back to the whole doppelganger incident. Ah, the double walker encounter, an intruder lying in the royal bed, motionless. Just imagine being at a funeral, if you will, standing in front of an open casket. Can't tell you how many times I've been there. Anyways, after coming face to face with the spectral twin, it doesn't take long for Queen Elizabeth I to meet thy doom. As she deals with her depression, she gets ill and she ultimately dies. Her funeral takes place April 28th in 1603. Her royal coffin was taken to Westminster Abbey on a hearse drawn by four gorgeous horses hung with black velvet. Well, there aren't many details surrounding the Queen Elizabeth I's encounter with her spectral twin, the other cases have more to share. Next on my list is Catherine II, better known as Catherine the Great. She was the Empress of Russia. Actually, she was the country's longest ruling female leader, reigning from 1762 up until her death in 1796. Not long before her death, she encountered something that shook her to her core. One evening, Catherine was in her room when suddenly several of her servants just burst in. The servants were confused, scared, and completely and utterly troubled. I mean, what in the world is happening? It must be of severe importance as you don't disturb the empress for just anything, right? What they reveal to the Empress sounds more like a bizarre tale than the truth. They tell the Empress that they had just seen her entering the throne room, even though they knew she was at a different location at the exact same time. Well, this doesn't make sense. Catherine is confused upon hearing this bizarre news, and how can this be? This makes no sense whatsoever. The Empress immediately gets up, and heads over to the throne room to investigate the matters herself, the servants and guards following her. As they approach the destined room, what Catherine the Great sees, what she comes face to face with, it's not an intruder, nor a bandit or a robber or a fan. Mm Mm-mm, no. Sitting on the throne before her very eyes is the spitting image of herself. It was like looking into a mirror, but not... Well, (laughs) the Empress is having none of this. Spectral twin or not, that is her throne and hers alone. She orders the guards to fire upon the intruding doppelganger. They do just that, but it is immediately realized that the bullets do nothing at all, have no effect at all towards the uninvited guest who upon being fired on, simply just disappears before their very eyes. It was not too long after this unsettling encounter that the Empress's reign abruptly came to an end when, on a November day in 1796, Catherine the Great was found on the floor, her face a morbid purplish color. She was still alive at the time, mind you, but her pulse was severely weak, her breathing was extremely labored and shallow, It just was not looking good for her. Well, it was soon revealed that Catherine II, Catherine the Great, the Empress, had suffered a stroke. And despite desperate life-saving efforts and attempts, she fell into a deep, deep coma. In an updated will, 
She had specific instructions when it came to the event of her death. Quote, Lay out my corpse dressed in white, with a golden crown on my head, and on it inscribe my Christian name. Morning dress is to be worn for six months, and no longer. The shorter, the better. Unquote. Her body laid in state for six weeks, whew, in a beautiful, elegant room within the castle walls. A room that remained lit night and day for her entire stay. When it comes to Queen Elizabeth I and Catherine II, it didn't take long at all for them to meet their maker and find themselves in royal caskets after a quick encounter with their almighty, not-so-royal, doppelgangers. Let's find out what happens in this next case. Guy de Maupassant, a talented French writer who died in an insane asylum. But, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's rewind a little, shall we? At the end of his life, he claimed to have had several encounters with his doppelganger. This wasn't a quick one time sighting like in many cases. In one encounter, Guy describes his doppelganger approaching him, sitting down, and sharing with him a short story. Now, if this is at all true, that means that one of Guy's final stories was written courtesy of his doppelganger, the phantom Guy de Maupassant. Ghostly words from a spectral double-walking ghostly twin. The story that he had a spiritual help with is none other than the Orla, or Le Orla. It's a horror story, a disturbing tale about a man whose sanity is consumed by an evil spirit who forcefully uses the unsuspecting man's body as a host. Guess what? Shortly after writing, finishing, and completing the short story, The Orla, Guy's mental health starts to decline and deteriorate at a rapid pace. Guy confided in his dear friend, novelist Paul Borgett, about his encounters. He felt as if he was being stalked, never alone. And this just wasn't in his house, it was everywhere he went. At one point, he tries in front of his friend to convince himself that it's nothing. I know I'm hallucinating. Sadly, Guy was starting to lose his grip with reality. He told Paul, quote, Every time I come home, I see my double. I open my door and I see him sitting in my armchair. I know it for a hallucination even while experiencing it. Curious, if I didn't have a little common sense, I'd be afraid. I am certain now that there exists close to me an invisible being that lives on milk and water that can touch objects, take them, and change their places. It lives as I do, under my roof. I have seen mad people, and I have known some who have been intelligent, lucid, even clear-sighted in every concern of life, except on one point. They spoke clearly, readily, profoundly on everything. 
when suddenly their minds struck upon the shoals of their madness and broke to pieces there and scattered and foundered in that furious and terrible sea full of rolling waves, fogs, and squalls, which is called madness. I spent a terrible evening yesterday. He does not show himself any more, but I feel that he is near me, watching me, looking at me, penetrating me, dominating me, and more redoubtable when he hides himself. This then, if he were to manifest his constant and invisible presence by supernatural phenomena. Unquote. The Orla. Is his doppelganger really responsible for writing this short story? Or was he writing about his own life himself? Let's dig a little deeper into the Orla. It's about a single upper class man. He sees a Brazilian boat and out of habit, he waves. Hey, you know what happens? During the summers, I spend many a days with my dad on his pontoon boat. And every time we see a fellow boater, I wave. Simple gesture, it's a nice gesture. It's just out of habit. Hey there, how's it going, neighbor? So this man conducts this innocent action, a friendly wave. Unknowingly, as he does this, he is inviting the supernatural being on board the boat to haunt his home and worse, himself. The man finds himself being surrounded by this intrusive presence. He calls it the Horla. The writer first complains that he suffers from an atrocious fever. He is unable to sleep. And the little sleep he does find, he's abruptly woken up due to horrific nightmares with the eerie feeling that he mm -mm, is not alone. No surrey. And alone he is not, for someone is watching him. He also feels as if someone or something keeps kneeling on his chest. Well, as time goes on, the doppelganger, the Orla, begins to aggressively and progressively dominate the poor man's thoughts. So much so that the poor soul starts to question his own insanity. Am I going mad? Weird, unexplained things would happen. Like, he would fill up a glass full of water, only to come back to an empty glass, despite the fact that he had yet to take a sip from it. He learns that a large number of Brazilians had fled their homes, claiming they were being pursued, becoming possessed and governed like human cattle by, get this, a species of vampire, which feed on their lives while they sleep. He too starts feeling he's being feasted upon and his water, as mentioned, starts disappearing. So he experiments and he puts milk out as well. Well, that too starts to disappear. The author then realizes the Orla was indeed on the boat that he waved at, feeling lost and possessed, so much to the point that he is prepared to take extreme measures, such as killing the Orla and, if unsuccessful in doing so, He's willing to take his own life. Eventually, he sees the doppelganger, which turns into a mist into the night. He lures it into his bedroom and locks it in there. He then sets the house on fire. And mm, in the end, the house is engulfed in flames. But the man is not confident enough that this indeed killed the Horla. The author, Guy, lives the rest of his days in an insane asylum before dying there. 
So there we have it for part two of the doppelgangers. There's so many other cases, though, you guys. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others, you guys. They are equally awesome. Do you need a reminder of when the newest of episodes are available for your listening pleasure? Subscribe now to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, Deezer, CastBox, TuneIn Radio, and so many others. Basically, wherever you find your other awesome podcasts, you will find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. See you next week. the ground. Poor Pearl, poor girl, her head was never found.